he goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Yeah, listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Yeah, I, um, obviously he's playing great, continues to roll, and, and uh, you know, he's one of, one of the top wingers in the game and plays in all situations. Uh, Cal is for us, and, and I think as a team and, and himself would just say that we're just trying to focus on um, playing our game and, and what's bringing us success and, and getting the results we want as a team, and I think that uh, he obviously plays a major role for us. So, um, yeah, continuing to play great, and, and uh, you know, we're just trying to focus on our game and getting better and, and uh, uh, feeding off the good things we're doing. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by 2for1pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit 2for1pizza.com. Welcome back to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. We're going to have Harmon Dial join us in the next couple minutes. He covers the Canucks for the Athletic. Um, and things are wild there with their captaincy, but we, we just heard our captain here in Toronto chat about Mitch Marner and his point streak. And... Uh, first of all, the situations are very opposite. Se- <laughs> second of all, we've said that we were having a hard time, like even thinking of a new superlative to talk about Mitch Marner and and just his work during this streak and and the level that he's unlocked this year. But I think I think another element to it, another layer to it that's been interesting and ju- is just seeing the way. And of course, they have uh, the way that the fan break. Brace has embraced him. How the fa- how <laughs> See the what fan- happened there? How the fan brace has based him. No, has yeah. the fan base has embraced him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. And but it seems like of course, right? It's a slam dunk. But I think Mitch Marner, William Nylander gets it pretty bad. But Mitch Marner playoff specifically was a guy that had the fan base kind of turn on him because because he didn't produce. He didn't produce. He Nylander didn't, like, uh, always yeah. gets a couple in the playoffs. Like I think yeah. Nylander the couple seasons was the leader in scoring for the playoffs. Some of the years he was. Some of the years he was. Yeah, last year I think he wasn't, and and the couple before that he was. Matthews gets one or two, but he kind of dries up too. But Mitch Marner, there's been so much stupid stuff, like when somebody creeped on him golfing right after they lost. And and just like stupid stuff like that that have, have caused people to feel angst towards young Mitchell Marner. And the contract, I think, ties into that a lot. Of course. And, and right now, when he's on this tear and everybody sees what he's worth and he's feeling himself and the crown's feeling him, it, it's kind of like all that has fallen away. Oh, it, it 100% has, just because of the success he, you know, he's had. And by the way, on, on a side topic, I think we would all enjoy sports more if there was no cap friendly. If, there, if, <laughs> yeah. if we never knew what any player made... We would enjoy sports more because it takes away the, you know, it, ta- it, it would hurt our love of Mark Giordano because we love him because he's making 800000 yeah. But then Mitch Marner gets that massive deal, and then it makes it harder for people he's to fully love He's from Toronto, love and people expected him to take a discount. All and that, it all, all looks all so much worse now because of what happened with COVID and the cap didn't go up. And there's so many layers to it, but there's ultimately so it ended in Mitch Marner kind of probably feeling slighted in his hometown with his hometown team, a team he dreamed of playing for growing mm-hmm. up and then ended up kind of 
I'm getting some getting well, having some hate. Well, they're having some hate. And by the way, I never worry as much about the having some hate because usually the having some hate comes from social media. And to me, social media is only kind of half real, not fully real. I agree. Yeah. And not what you're not going to do is people people aren't going to rush to Twitter and go. Oh, Marner's the best. Yeah. Hashtag, you know. And it's a great point about knowing too, because think about the people know. we encounter on it. Like just just the concept of knowing exactly what somebody makes oh, per yeah. year to to the dollar amount is something that's unique to sports. And like I don't know, we'd probably hate a lot of we, people on a day to day basis if we had their AAVs. Think, <laughs> so think about this. Um, uh, who's one of your favorite musicians? Taylor Swift. Okay, Taylor Swift. And we found out she's kind of a climate criminal with all of her private jet usage. Yes, she is. Well, <laughs> we want to get into a conversation about celebrities being hypocrites. We can save that for yeah. another day. But um, how much money did Taylor Swift make on her last concert tour? I don't even want to, and I don't no, even no, want do you, to know. No, no, but do you know? No, I have no idea. Okay, do you know? How much does uh, Mitch Warner make? Exactly. That's, that's what I mean. That's the point. And so in, in every other form of celebrity, this doesn't exist. Yeah. I used to joke, uh, I, I talk about this all the time. No one cares how much money Kevin James makes for a stupid Adam Sandler movie. Right. You know, no one goes, oh, my God, I can't believe you got $13.8 million plus half a percent on the back end of all sales on digital sales. Like, no one does it. Everyone only does it in sports. Because we know. We know. And it, what it does is it kind of adds as a bit of a block between a fan just loving the player. Money is a barrier to empathy yeah. and joy. Getting back to this, maybe the greatest thing we can say about Mitch Marner is there's probably no hockey team that gets as much coverage in North America than the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the one thing you shout out to us, shout out to us. One thing that's hard to get is uniformity. Yeah. Right now, Mitch Marner, his play is so incredible. He has created uniformity because we're all on the same page. All even the hater trolls, everyone's all on the same page. And it's so. Think about this, Mitch Marner is both. So incredibly dynamic in every way, offensively and defensively. Dave Poulin did a great 200-foot piece thing before the pregame yesterday. He is so dynamic, yet the conversation is now so boring. Think about that for a second. A guy who's doing all these incredible things, but because it's so incredible, it has led to the conversation kind of being a bit dull. That might be the greatest thing Marner's done. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's it's been great to see. I, I, that's it's such an interesting layer with with athletes because yeah. they know what they make and they're more relatable than other celebrities because they, I don't know. We see they, they interact with the fans more than Taylor Swift than Elton John. And we've seen than, them come up like Mitch Marner yes. was drafted. He was an OHL player. Like, he's just a regular dude, and yeah. now he makes $10 million, and, and that can be. He makes $11 million. Of, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it can be really strange to yeah, be I mean, the if, average day to day individual. If I knew what all the producers here made, some would be like, that's awesome. You know, that's what they deserve. Yeah. And then others, and I'm looking at you right now, I'd be like, you make way too much money. Shame <laughs> on you. Um, it, but it's weird. Imagine in everyday life. I've always said, never. I, I never want to know what anyone makes, because I'll either be angry or I'll feel bad for them. Yeah. And that's it. It's two emotions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Mitch Marner right now proving all the naysayers wrong. Yeah, take that. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Julie Cherry, America is with you today on Leafs Lunch. We're going to have Harmon Dial join us in the next couple minutes to try and dissect exactly what's going on with the Canucks. You always do good life to sports analogies. I try. Because, and... What is what is the real life equivalent of Bo Horvat releasing a statement on Oof. like no actually it was the Canucks that released a statement on behalf of Bo Horvat saying hey guys uh, it's me the captain of the team just so you know I'm still focused on that 
what what is the real life equivalent of that? I, I don't even know. Okay, so what we're talking about here, let's let's break this down. There is dysfunction among uh, uh, among the organization with a really talented person, and it's high. It seems like there's a lot of dysfunction. It's highs and Bruce lows. Bruce Boudreaux yes. getting like they're all sitting there cheering. It feels like the Connect organization is like, God, can you just keep losing? We're just trying to fire you, and yeah. Bruce is saying, No, I will not do that. Yeah. Um, Brock Besser, oh, yeah. he's going to be traded. Bo Horvat, uh, uh, he he's here, he's gone. He rejected the deal. He's going to be gone. You know what this is? This is when you're in your like late twenties. And you're dating that that high maintenance, wonderful partner that gives you the highest of highs, but your friends will pull you aside and go, "She's not right for you." And you're like, "Ah, get out of here! I'll make it work." Right. That's what's going on right now because the stakes are high, and it's either everything is great, he's got 20 goals, or everything is horrible because he uh, he's rejected the contract. And in the in the end, you kind of feel like this relationship is going to end messy. Kind of like a lot of people's relationships when they're in their 20s and early 30s. Yeah, well, this is a statement. I'm focused on this season and playing for the Vancouver Canucks, helping the team in any way I can. I will not have any further comments this year about my future. Mm. Um, It's just weird energy. It's like announcing a breakup before it happens and saying, no, we're really happy together, but we're probably going to break up soon. Okay, you know what this is? Okay, it took me a while. while. Let me see if I can land this. You're in a relationship that's kind of up and down. You don't know about the future of it. And then your partner starts changing their habits. They start working out a lot more. You know, they're starting to better themselves. And you're like, wait a minute. Are you planning on dumping me in a month and a half, but you're waiting until after Christmas, but you're going to shed 15 pounds and get a sharp haircut and, 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 re, and update your wardrobe so that the moment you dump my ass, you're ready to get out there back on the dating scene, which would scare me because the last time I was on the dating scene, Tinder didn't exist. Right. And online dating was at that time seen as a, a black mark. Uh, okay, Wyatt Arndt had a really good one. Bo Horvat at that. Kids have almost graduated. Let's go through the next few months and then we can talk about a divorce. Mm, uh, yes, that I yes, thought was good analysis, but yes. let's see what Harmon Dial, Canucks reporter for The <laughs> Athletic and co-host of the Van Cast things. Harmon, first of all, how are you today? I'm doing well, well, but I don't know if I can top those uh, those relationship type uh, analogies. Those are pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, what is the? Were you surprised to see the statement come out? I, I just thought it was kind of bizarre. What's your read on the situation? The statement itself was pretty odd because it came about 45 minutes before Canucks practice, where Horvat uh, was going to speak. Um, anyway, he was going to be requested by members of the media. <laughs> like poor guy. Um, yeah, and the other thing too is with Bo, he's navigated. Look, he's been he's a captain in a hotbed Canadian market. He's navigated so many more difficult conversations and um, and questions over the years in terms of essentially being the spokesperson for this team through a state of turmoil. So the sort of availability that he that he had yesterday, I don't know why it would have necessitated a statement necessarily because. You know, when a statement like that goes out, it's usually to try and um, prevent having to actually speak on the situation. But the statement went out, and Horvat was speaking on the situation anyway, and talking about how bad he felt that um, the you know rumor and rumors or the news had come out, and that his teammates had to hear about it. And he actually apologized to his teammates. And look, Bo felt totally confident, calm, collected in discussing this situation. So. In the back of my mind, I'm wondering, he's totally fine talking about this. I don't know why um, a statement had to come out in the first place, but it's definitely become 
uh, overall a bit of a, a strange situation and um, definitely a lot of uncertainty about how long his uh, his future is going to be as a Canuck. Is this going to be Johnny Goudreau West? Is is this going to be? And, and again, I know you, Harmon, you can't give a definitive. Well, here's the timeline to expect between now and July first. But just listening to you talk and everything reading and reading the tea leaves, I kind of feel like we're we're getting Johnny Goudreau, but with a view of the Pacific Ocean. See, the big difference between Horvat and Goudreau is that Horvat's long been a loyal guy, and I actually think that in the summer he would have been more than happy to extend at the right number. Whereas I think with Goudreau, the difference was he didn't even know whether he was committed to Calgary long-term and whether he wanted to go back home. I think Horvath's always, in talking to members of the organization, even with the past regime, he's always been a guy that um, has felt loyal to Vancouver. The problem for the Canucks is that when it came to this past offseason, Initially, there was a feeling that between J.T. Miller and Bo Horvat, because both were going to be unrestricted free agents at the end of this season, the initial feeling was that the Horvat extension would be easier to get done in part because uh, Horvat, um, you know, he's Canadian, he had more roots down here, and um, and that Miller would be the tougher extension, that he was more likely to get traded. And yet, when push came to shove, the Canucks prioritized Miller over Horvat. Their captain, right? And I think that's where huh. it's more the team kind of backed themselves into this corner. And they're now in, in sort of a cap situation where they could technically afford to uh, re-sign Horvat, but the money is running out quickly, especially in the wake of um, yesterday, Gary Bettman speaking about how the cap uh, might only go up by a million. So a team like the Canucks that's crunched for flexibility that also has uh, free agents like Andre Kuzmenko to, to sort of take care of, they're in a spot where they don't have a lot of flexibility, and especially when you couple it with the scorching hot uh, start that Horvath's had, um, it's priced him potentially beyond what the Canucks are comfortable going to. However, I will I won't say that it's, completely over like like some have just okay. because you look at this ownership group in Vancouver I think this is a group that really is heavily invested in sort of the top players and always wants to see their stars stay and so I don't necessarily buy the agreement that when the report came out for example that this you know the the offer that the Canucks had two weeks ago that this is the furthest they'll go, that, you know, it's game over. I mean, guys, we're still in December, and there's a lot of time between now and, and the trade deadline. And given the way the Canucks kind of caved in the JT Miller negotiations, because there was also a point in those Miller conversations where it felt like the Canucks had gone to their maximum and that a deal wouldn't be possible, and then yet closer to training camp, they did find a way to kind of step up their offer and, and get it done. Um, I still think a trade is the most likely outcome, but I'm not going to sit here and say that that's the 100% definitive um, option, that there's no chance Horvat's going to resign, even though it looks really difficult right now. Okay, interesting. I like that perspective. People kind of just have it circled that Horvat's going to be on the move before March 3rd. Because we like the soap opera. Maybe we push it. The, the evil media. We push it because we like the soap opera. No, we're just <laughs> looking for that top forward on the Leafs, hopefully sometime soon, uh, even though I just add to the top six. <laughs> Um, do you think this has to do with a fractured relationship to Harmon? Just the fact that they didn't prioritize him? We had Frankie Corrado on. He was talking on That's Hockey about how Horvat should have been a number one priority for the Canucks. 
I mean, definitely. I think about it from his perspective. You're, you're the captain. You've been through the leanest rebuilding seasons through the Jim Benning era. I mean, you're ta- you, if you want to circle one player who's been through the most pain through the last half decade plus of, uh, of Canucks hockey, yeah. it's been Bo Horvat. And he's been a loyal soldier through that. And night in, night out, he's the one that's having to answer and be accountable, speaking about it after um, after all all of these tough losses, especially in the last, um, you know, this being the third season where there were expectations for the Canucks being a playoff team. And yet each time they've gotten off to a horrific start. And I look at that roster and who's been the guy that's trotted out every single time to have to speak on that. It's Bo Horvat. Yeah. So he's had to take those lumps. Um, he's had to kind of be the face of uh, of this franchise through the through the toughest uh, days, and yet um, again, when push came to shove, the Canucks chose to prioritize uh, Miller over Horvat. I mean, I'm I would definitely, if I was in that uh, situation, feel slighted given everything you've you've uh, provided to, to the organization, the loyalty. So, the one thing I will say is, I'm sure it's it's difficult. And the other, I also don't think the fact that um, this rumor came out also helps that relationship necessarily. The fact that it became so public, right. I think one one thing that uh, was pretty apparent when Horvat spoke yesterday was that he was pretty upset that the rumor got out in the first place. Um, so you wonder if that perhaps was leaked from the team's perspective. But um, overall, it, 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 I mean, it's not great right now. But money also talks a lot. Right. So, um, who knows where exactly Horvat stands? Obviously, right now, um, I'm sure he feels a little bit slighted that um, he hasn't um, been been given the same sort of um, investment that uh, that Miller was um, in the off season. But um, that can that can always change. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this uh, this kind of plays out. Even though, again, I, I still think a trade is the most likely outcome but you just never know when you have these twists and turns and um i look at the miller situation exactly where, um it felt like forever that everyone thought he was going to get traded and then last minute something changed yeah jt miller was all but gone and there he sits still in vancouver so Harmon, we'll we'll be looking for your coverage during this all unfolding and, and thanks for taking the time today absolutely thanks for having me guys that's Harmon Dial, Canucks reporter for The Athletic, co-host of the VanCast. Uh, it's so nice to... No, it's not. This, no, no, that's let me say it. No, 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 let me it's say It's so nice it. that another team is in disarray and not the Leafs. Thank you. I was going to do the same thing. I love it. Do you know what's one thing I hate the most? Is when every member of the Boston Bruins yeah. and the Florida Panthers and the Colorado Avalanche are like, we're going to take less money to stay here. And, and then you see the deals like, wait a minute, why you, you, you didn't even take at least $10 yeah. million. And then you get, you get upset as a Leaf fan and you, woe is me. And it's nice to see. Oh, what's that? You got these young, good players and you can't afford them all? Oh, maybe you shouldn't have signed McKayev to that contract. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot about that one. Uh oh, you sign and listen. We love McKayev, but you're giving him upper middle class money for a middle class player, and we know what happens. So yes, it's sports Schadenfreude. It's a wonderful thing when we are allowed to take joy of other teams' pains, especially when they're pains that we have gone through as Leaf fans. It's so true. It's so true. In saying all this, what do you think? Horvat is a leaf. He's off to a hard hard start. To, yeah, it's, it's insane. There's, it's, there's no way you cannot do it. No, you know you can't. Okay, here's you know how I know you can't do a Bo Horvat deal. 
We're worried about how do the Maple Leafs bring back Michael Bunting and David Kampf next year as UFAs. Yeah. So if you're going to worry about that and how do we afford them, you can't entertain a Bo Horvat trade unless you trade a big... Even if big, it's an all-in, because this is all-in this year, last kick in the can with this core. We've heard it. Okay, okay you know what? 180. I know I know the show's coming to an end. Don't forget. You, know you got France mean? and Morocco coming up after we're done. But here's the thing. You got all that money because no Jake Muzzin and stuff. Maybe you, Potentially, you, you can make the money him. work. and you Then you're going all in this year. Yeah. Because then you got to give a whole ton to Vancouver. But I think that's the decision that they've made, right? It, it's got to be this year. Kyle Dubas doesn't have a contract next year. And that, to me, is the most indicative of win this year or we're changing the plan. If Kyle Dubas trades, like, all the picks and some a bunch of prospects for Bo Horvat, that's, that's Kyle Dubas going, eh, I'm probably not going to be here after this year anyway. That's too big of a topic for you to bring up. We got oh, my God. I just looked at the clock, and I was like, God, I really opened a can of worms here with 124 40 to go. Oh, my God. We don't, we don't have, have time, time to, get into. to get into that. Uh, no, but I think that is the case, right? If they if they don't make a deep push this year, yeah. I don't think it's a secret that everything's going to change next year. So I, I don't I, – I, Kyle Dubas is going to be – and we've talked about it a lot. Kyle Dubas is, is probably going to have to get any move he makes signed off by Shanahan or maybe even mm-hmm. the powers that be that are yeah. higher up than him with, with his contract expiring this year. And uh, I just, it, it's win this year. Or. It is. And what's the problem with the Maple Leafs? Not goalie, not defense. It's the fact that they're star players in game sixes and sevens or game five against Columbus that in the playoffs, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares either can't score or are injured. Yeah. That's it in the end. Why are they not progressing the playoffs? Because the best players don't score in game sixes and sevens. Mm-hmm. That's and, and that's been the case, and, and hopefully this year with this hot stretch that we're seeing from the Maple Leafs, oh. be the one to change it. 7 nothing. all the depth guys scoring. God, yeah, we got Timmons. a little dark for a second. We did get dark. <laughs> Samson off with 152 minutes since he's allowed a goal. Marner streak alive, Bunting streak alive, Matthews streak alive. The Leafs have had points in like 16, 15, 16 streak yeah. games. Yes. It's been fun. It's been fun. And you know what else? You could share the love this holiday season with McDonald's. Text the keyword HOLIDAY and your name to 105050 for your chance to win a $200 McDonald's gift card. If you're feeling festive, enjoy a peppermint mocha or hot chocolate paired with a freshly baked festive ginger RMHC cookie or McCafe creme brulee little donut available at participating locations. Uh, okay, we got a little dark in the last couple yeah. minutes there, but we got it back on the rail oh, yeah. by... Reciting all of the many wonderful things that the Maple Leafs are doing to this point in the season on this 15-game stretch where they've picked up a point in each of those games. If you've missed any of today's show, you can find it on tsn1050.ca or the iHeartRadio app wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julia Tashiri for the wonderful Matt Cause. Thank you for listening today. It's been a treat. It's been great. World Cup semifinals up next. Brendan Dunlop and Paul Dolan with the coverage.